Our scripture this morning comes from the Gospel according to Luke in the sixth chapter. This is known as the Sermon on the Plain and is the less beloved companion to the Sermon on the Mount, which we find in the Gospel of Matthew, which is more familiar to us. Matthew spiritualizes these passages, and Luke just lays them out plain and follows them with woe to you. So this is not usually the version that we think of when we think about the Beatitudes, but they are incredibly stark and powerful from this gospel. Let us listen together for the word of God. Then he looked up at his disciples and said, Blessed are you who are poor, for yours is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you will be filled. Blessed are you who weep now, for you will laugh. Blessed are you when people hate you, and when they exclude you, revile you, and defame you on account of the Son of Man. Rejoice on that day and leap for joy, for surely your reward is great in heaven, for that is what their ancestors did to the prophets. But woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Woe to you who are full now, for you will be hungry. Woe to you who are laughing now, for you will mourn and weep. Woe to you when all speak well of you. For that is what their ancestors did to the false prophets. But I say to you that listen, love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, pray for those who mistreat you. If anyone strikes you on the cheek, offer the other also, and from anyone who takes away your coat, do not withhold even your shirt. Give to everyone who begs from you. And if anyone takes away your goods, do not ask for them again. Do to others as you would have them do to you. May God add a blessing to the reading, the hearing, and our understanding of God's word. Well, good morning, saints. How does it feel to be called a saint? Put saint in front of your name and say it to yourself. Does it make you pause? Does it make you step back and say, no, not me. Saint can't go in front of my name. But when I call us all saints, good morning, saints, all of you, look around. Truly, there are saints among us. We call this day All Souls or All Saints. We use it interchangeably in our tradition. It is the reason we have Halloween when we do. Halloween really is a a Christian celebration when we remember those who've gone before. We prepare the night before. Before we do, come into the church and toll the bell for all of the ones who have gone before. It is also very similar to the Mexican tradition of Dia de los Muertos when we Remember that we do invite the souls of the dearly departed to return to us in our memory, to share a meal with them. But what it says when we collapse the idea of all souls and all saints 
is it acknowledges that none of us is perfect, but all of us have saintliness in some form or fashion, in some way. So I also invite you to wonder who are the people in your life who are saintly, who you do think of when you think of the saints in your own life who you try to emulate. And the better you know someone, the more you know that they are truly imperfect, as we all are, but the more you can really come to love someone, the more you can love them in spite of all of their faults and really cherish what is good about them. And I always encourage people to think of this as a growth mindset. I am still becoming more saintly. And if I can copy these folks, the ones I love, I will be becoming more and more able to share God's love with the world in my daily life. When we have gone before, how will we want folks to speak of us and remember us? I think for so many people, when you ask them, who are these people in your life that you want to be like, raise your hand if it's your grandmother. Your grandfather, a great aunt or uncle, someone in that generation, a little removed from you, a neighbor who adopted you as though they were your grandmother or grandfather and claimed you as their own. I think for so many of these relationships, our parents sometimes want to love us this well, but it is sometimes a very complicated relationship because parents are often trying to maximize the potential of their children, right? But grandparents, or those who fill that role, can love people in such a pure, uncomplicated way. And that's how they reflect back the love of God for people. My mother was so incredibly strict when we were all growing up about what we ate. And I cannot believe it when my kids go stay at her house and she lets them sit on the counter and eat ice cream for breakfast. (laughs) It is just the purest love. And it's when we try to emulate that in the ways we care for others that we reflect that back to God. These Beatitudes, blessed, blessed are each and every one of you when you can love in that pure and simple and generous way. So this is also something of a funeral service when we gather today on All Souls. We remember each and every one of these people together And it occurs to me that as something of a melting pot culture in America, we don't have one set of expectations or traditions. We don't have one rule book when someone passes away. So their choice is great, but sometimes people have too many choices, and they've never asked their loved ones what it is that they want when someone passes away. Do we have a funeral here with a casket and then go to a cemetery? Do we inter someone as ashes in the ground in the memorial garden or in the memorial wall? Do we quickly have a small event for just immediate family and schedule a memorial service later when everybody can come by plane? How do we, what do we do when someone passes away? And I think this can leave us with a little bit of anxiety when what really is called for at a time like this is a ritual, something that feels authentic and familiar and comfortable. Yesterday, we had a funeral service in this space for Catherine Doyle, who was also known by her friends as Kay, and by 
her family as Bunty. She was a Sunday school teacher in this church for many, many years. And what I told folks yesterday at her funeral is that it's so amazing the way faith is passed on from one generation to the next, and that it probably is somewhat in the Bible stories which she taught the children, but it was so much more in the faithfulness of people who show up week after week after week and build relationships across generations with children. And this room was standing room only. It was absolutely packed with people who remembered her so fondly as a friend and as a teacher. And following the service, her parents had immigrated here from Scotland with four children before she was born, and she was the youngest of six. They had her and one other sibling here in this country. And so they knew exactly what to do. They had a bagpiper right out here on the front lawn, and they followed in a long procession right outside and across the back parking lot to have a party and to celebrate her life. And there was something so meaningful and profound about that procession, about everybody slowly walking 150 people out of the church and filing across outside, following this bagpiper, just the same way that surely her ancestors and so on had done. We need something to do. But friends, we forget sometimes that Jesus has given us the ritual We forget sometimes when we come to the communion table, I think we often remember in our words, in our language, that in the communion meal, we are united with everyone across space, across geography. We celebrate World Communion Sunday with our brothers and sisters from First Baptist in Stratford, and we remember those all around the world who share in the meal. But at this meal also, we remember... We are united with people beyond all time. God is beyond all time and space, and it is in God's eternal love that we are folded together with the saints, with all of those who have gone before. So we see one another, the saints gathered here on this plane, but when we come to the communion feast, we are sharing a feast with all of those who are gathered around us above, just as we sing In the hymn which we opened with, O blessed communion, fellowship divine, we feebly struggle, they in glory shine, yet all are one in thee, for all are thine. This is our ritual when we remember that we are never truly parted from one another. We are all held together in God's love. So today we're going to add one thing to the communion service for this very reason, because it is All Saints, All Souls Day. And I don't know why in a UCC church I've never seen this done, because it is in our book of worship. And I have to thank Frank for bringing it to us today. We are going to sing the Sanctus, which is over 1,500 years old, which is the way, maybe older, which is the way Christians have been celebrating communion. And what we say right before As that we sing this song together, we say with the entire company of saints in heaven and on earth, we worship and glorify you, God most holy, and then we sing, and we remember that our voices on earth are united with the saints in heaven when we sing, holy, holy, holy God of love and majesty, the whole universe speaks of your glory, O God most high, 
Blessed is the one who comes in the name of our God, Hosanna in the highest. This is our ancient song when we join with the choir of angels and the saints in light. So I will close again with a different translation of these Beatitudes, that we might remember how we are called to be blessed and to be saintly in our own lives. For those who mourn and feel grief about the state of the world, God is on your side. For the nonviolent, the gentle, and the humble, God is on your side. For those who hunger and thirst for the common good, God is on your side. For the merciful and the compassionate, God is on your side. For those who are characterized by sincerity, kindness, and generosity, God is on your side. For those who work for peace and reconciliation, God is on your side. Those who keep on seeking justice, God is on your side. Thanks be to God. Amen.